Hallelujah. So good to be back with you all online again this precious day. Hallelujah. Shall we pray and worship the great King? Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. We give you thanks. We give you praise. You're worthy, Holy One. Worthy, worthy, worthy. We bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your holy name. Glory to your holy name. Hallelujah. Who is like unto thee, O God, who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods, who is like thee, glorious in holiness, Fearful in praises, doing wonders, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, he is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead. And he is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess. That Jesus Christ is the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. You're our Lord. La melisto. Alamashanda rabala branda la calma da brafali and lebosondo. We worship you, Lord. Da bras di bredibil mele frendele breshele crendele barma la crassalanda. Hallelujah, la corodo sendiri bala brasta. Hallelujah, la corocu sikere mendere balmara direstere branja la brafalianta. Worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you. Thank you, Lord. Mengredi borbololo prestele barmala frambala casaliente. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Worship you. Worship you. Worship you. Worship you. Worship you. Blessed be the name of the living God. Blessed be the name of the Most High. Hallelujah, mashtala bramba kalma taka rika sukuroburi baranda ribalma razikiri borokusundu. Worship you, Lord, repirere boragal mashala braka salamandara bakariandara balayande. Worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you. Aprakasa malma harmalando kormeleter melezabra la malmaya. Hola brazikiribu shaba baba la prasal marakrabalananga la breste. Oh, you're worthy, la bredibel melevrende. You're worthy, Lord, ripazi bredibel mele chrysale de keste. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Gashala brakabakal maravala brandaya. Hamashala brahma kalmana brasala brambala varmaya. Oh, hallelujah, rapasikaramal barakarabala kashala branda. Glory, hallelujah, rapalmarakrasala barmile tekeremende. 
Holy Ghost, precious Holy Spirit, Labra Malmara Fravala Brande, Ajama Malabranda, Korabara Bari Biri Burukura Baziri Barandiri Bariende, O Masharama Bakalmata Barmala Kravala Kraza Kalmata Karmala Labrayanda, O Hallelujah, Mashabraka Shabra Bakamanta Kalmada Brakamakata Labranda, we receive, Lord, Habashandarabaya, our Father, Labalmarabarandiriyanda, hallowed be thy name, Asharabalmariante, holy is your name, Asharabakalmarakalmarabalmatakranda. Worthy, 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 Bashabarata Balmara Prazala Prandalabaya. Oh, Kaparasambala Rambala La Prasalam Randala Bramba Galiande. Shengere Bukura Barabara Katakalamanda. Avremendo Zamara Parma La Prasala Branda. You deserve the glory, Rababala Brasabarabal Maraprasa Kalbarakasarakasalamanda. Worship you, 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 worship you. Hallelujah, Makarabal Marakasandaya. Thank you, Lord, we worship you. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks, we give you thanks, we give you thanks. You're worthy, Lord. Thank you, Father. We call every need met, every oak destroyed, every burden removed. In the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Well, well. God is a God who gives us the desires of our heart. And... Uh, you know, uh, as long as our thoughts are lined up with his word, we can give him pleasure, we can give him delight. Praise God, and it's, it's wonderful to just know that he's a God who gives the desires of a heart. Praise God for answers to prayer that we have seen and um, the awesomeness of his good, kind heart. Praise God. Let's turn in our Bibles today to the book of Thessalonians. First of all, 2 Thessalonians, and let's start in the second chapter. Notice verse 1 gives us a setting of the context of what he's writing. He says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. So in this case, you know, uh, there has been some handling uh, of the scriptures and misconduct by others. So they have been shaking people's minds, unsettling them, telling them that the resurrection had already happened. And so there was some deception about it. Verse 3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except they come a falling away first, that the man of sin be revealed. So he was comforting them, strengthening them, stabilizing their hearts, 
to not be moved. And notice he says there, verse 5, he says, Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. So physically he had uh, told them while he was there face to face. And now some other folks had written some letters claiming that Paul himself was the one authoring them, saying that the resurrection has already happened and (laughs) things like that. Can you imagine? Anyway, verse 6, he gives a scriptural uh, reason. He says, and he says, Now you know what withhold it that he might be revealed in his time. So here he's saying there's something that's holding back the manifestation of the Antichrist. And then, praise God, unless that person that is holding back uh, is removed, the Antichrist cannot be taken. I mean, cannot be manifested. Look at verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. That means the, the Antichrist and all of that attitude and spirituality against um, Jesus, all those works of darkness, that attitude is already in the world. He says, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. So here is a person uh, referred to uh, be taken out of the way, and after he's taken away, only then can the Antichrist reveal himself. So we are not worried about the Antichrist and uh, a lot of those kind of things. That's not our problem because we know the person who is being referred to here is the body of Christ, the church. Unless we leave, uh, the Antichrist cannot manifest himself. So keep that in mind. Verse 8 says, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. So he has his own power and signs and lying wonders also. And with all deceivableness, verse 10 continues, of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Thank God for the love of the truth. We are already saved, but a desire for truth must be there uh, in the unsaved and the saved also to love God's word, to love the truth just because it's the right thing. And so we're not worried about the Antichrist really because unless we are taken away, he cannot manifest. In other words, we are the ones that are holding things right now. It is in our dominion. It's in our authority. And uh, we must enforce what the church must enforce, which is the word of God, which is the truth, the authority that's in the name of Jesus until we see Jesus face to face until he comes to take us home. Hallelujah. So, um, you know, be strengthened, be uh, emboldened to take your place, to take a stand in the word, in the name of Jesus. Take your place as the body of Christ and enforce the will of God on the earth, the printed, spoken word, whatever form it may be. The word of the Lord must be glorified. The word of the Lord must go forth. The word of the Lord must perform all that has to be done until we see Jesus face to face. So we have to use our authority. We have to use what Jesus gave us in his name 
to enforce these things in prayer, in petition, in thanksgiving, and in decreeing things also. Hallelujah. So, don't be worried. He's a good God. Hallelujah. All right. So, let's um, take a small trip from here again and observe there. In that same second chapter, there's a prayer there. Let's continue on. Verse 16, now, our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, which has loved us and has given us everlasting consolation. Notice that kind of word, everlasting consolation or comfort, and good hope through grace. Notice what you have been given, everlasting comfort that transcends forever, all time. Notice that. Good hope through grace. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. So the grace of God must be taken hold of, must be believed in, must be received. Comfort your hearts, establish you in every good word and work. Hallelujah. In other words, be strengthened, be comforted, be established, receive this strength and comfort that is coming from God our Father to be totally involved and established in every good word and work. In other words, just keep doing what you have to do. Go full steam ahead. Don't be worried about anything. Use the name, use the word of God, and do what has to be done with comfort and strength ministered from our Father's very presence. Amen? So that is the reality of what we have to uh, consider right now. Amen. Glory to God. So let's go off, if you don't mind, to the book of Acts. And let's pick up something we had discussed briefly some time ago. And uh, we had read um, from Acts 19, Acts 18, and all of that. So... Sometimes it pays to read the whole chapter and, um, you know, get involved and uh, enjoy just seeing how the Holy Spirit notes things and brings things to attention. Now, you remember that um, Acts 19, it says there, as a title, Acts 19, verse 1, probably um, Acts 18, 18 would have been a better start for Acts 19 because that's more connected to the context of Ephesus. So there we saw something. If you don't mind, we can just back up to Acts 18 and read from there. Acts 18 and then the 18th verse. Notice it says there, And Paul, after he tarried there yet a good while, he took his leave of the brethren and sailed thence into Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila, having shorn his head in Chantria, for he had a vow, and he came to Ephesus and left them there. But he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. So you notice here that... Um, he has a group of people that are working with him. There's Priscilla, Aquila, and, uh, you know, Apollos. And then eventually those who uh, went with him constantly, such as Timothy, Gaius, and some names like that you will see popping up, Epaphras, and so on. So, you know, he 
after resting, he uh, decided to leave the brethren and sail to Syria, took with them Priscilla and Aquila. Then he came to Ephesus. He himself entered into the synagogue. You notice there, his desire was kind of like Jesus, who went first to the Jews, you know, and then others. But um, his calling was a little bit different in that he was told to go to Gentiles first. Anyhow, it's okay. Verse 20, when they desired him to tarry longer time with them, he consented not. So eventually, uh, something seems to be stirred up in the Ephesian people, uh, and they want him. Notice that. We were saying that God responds to desires, and that if you want him to be there, if you want him to manifest, if you want to enjoy his reality and presence more, he will answer you. He will be there. So we had picked up from John, the fourth chapter, and we saw there, I believe in verse 40, how because the Samarians or Samaritans enjoyed Jesus' ministry and himself there, they asked him to stay longer, and he stayed two days. Amen? Remember that? I believe we talked about it on fasting and prayer, I think. Praise God. So we're just picking up from there a little bit. And so when they desired him to tarry longer, verse 20, he says he consented not. He was in a hurry. He wanted to go off to Jerusalem to keep the feast and all. Verse 21 says, But bade them farewell, saying, I must by all means keep this feast that cometh in Jerusalem, but I will return again unto you if God will. And he sailed from Ephesus. So he's keeping the Ephesian trip in God's will and saying, Well, if God wants me to, then I will see you all again. So it was those kind of thoughts that he had. And eventually, the Bible says in 22, when he had landed at Caesarea and gone up and saluted the church, he went down to Antioch. That was where Paul primarily uh, did his work from. And after he'd spent some time there, he departed and went over all the country of Galatia and Phrygia in order, strengthening all the disciples. Notice strengthening the disciples. So you'll notice that prayer we just read was for comfort to be uh, an everlasting kind of bypassing time and space so strong, so powerful that you'll be comforted by the grace of God and do what you have to do. So that's very important. After you get saved, basically you are just going to be strengthened every day. That's where the church comes in. Strengthening all the disciples. Notice, disciples require strengthening. Verse 24, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man, mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. So, notice that it's taking not just Paul, but others are also getting involved because a desire has been noticed by our Father that the Ephesians want God. They, they are hungry for God. So people are being deployed. People are being sent like that. So here Apollos, who was eloquent, mighty in scriptures, who knew the scriptures, but a lot of um, Old Testament scriptures, because that was what was there. He was not familiar with the church and so on. The, the, the age in which we live, he came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, 
being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. So up to the baptism of John was what he knew. But he was eloquent, and what he knew, he knew well. He spoke boldly in the synagogue. Aquila and Priscilla heard and took him. So there's Apollos now, there's Aquila, Priscilla. They expounded unto him the way more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia or Achaia, the brethren wrote exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come helped them, um, notice, much which had believed through grace. So people who got saved by believing in what Jesus had done, finished work of Jesus, were really helped by this man. Verse 28, For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. So you can see the Jewish folk in that area were receiving because this man could now connect Old Testament scriptures with Jesus and his work. Hallelujah. So they received by grace. Amen. And then the 19th chapter begins. It came to pass while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus finding certain disciples. And then verse 2 starts, He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they also said, We've not even heard whether there be such Holy Spirit. So they are believers, but they are familiar with, you know, up to John's baptism, which was, you know, pointing to Jesus. And these are now after Jesus has gone back to heaven, you know, and the church age has begun. Pentecost has happened the Holy Ghost has been poured out, but they are still ignorant. And so Paul comes upon them, and verse 3 says, He said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? They said, John's baptism. So, you know, Paul explains that Jesus has already come and gone. And so when, verse 5 says, When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they become actual New Testament believers. And then the Bible says, Paul laid his hands upon them. The Holy Ghost came on them. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men, verse 7 says, were about 12. So there were 12 men. Maybe there were more uh, women and so on. So that is how the Ephesian church started. Interesting. And uh, the Ephesian church became one of those really super churches. And from that work there came all the other churches that you see in the book of Revelation, chapter 1 through 2. Three. All of that came out of the work that was done in Ephesus, which came as a result of a desire in the Ephesians to have Paul there, to have God show up. And God shows up through his ministers. Amen? Interesting. Through his people. So, usually Paul gets kicked out after a few days maximum, and that's it. He'll be in jail or something like that. They'll drive him to death or something like that. <laughs> but here they're asking for him to come again and stay some more and all of that, you know. So um, it's really major, and that desire, notice God responds to the desire. That desire is noted by heaven, and then things are adjusted accordingly. So it is not just that God just chooses to do whatever he wants, you know, man's participation is also there. A very interesting and powerful thing to note that our desires are 
are very important to him. What we really set our thoughts on, what we really desire, actually uh, makes God to be drawn to us, to be drawn to what we are doing. So keep your heart with all diligence. Keep your desires focused on him and his reality. Enjoy him, his throne, his reality, his presence, all of that. Amen? It's very, very powerful. And that's how that church began. Eventually, you'll notice Timothy becomes the pastor of that church. Let's read that also. 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, and somewhere close to the end, it says in verse 22, The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. The second epistle to Timotheus ordained the first bishop of the church of the Ephesians was written from Rome when Paul was brought before Nero the second time. So notice here that there's, you know, documented proof that Timothy was given that place of the overseer or the pastor, you know, of that church, the first pastor of the Ephesian church. Praise God. And Timothy was a man also who followed Paul and followed the things he was saying. So that is how these things happen. Based on desire, actual desire from within, God responds, things happen. It's not just random, accidental stuff. (laughs) Praise God. So, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is a prayer that you pray um, when you really do not know for sure what the will of God is. Like who to marry, where should I live, where should I uh, work, etc., etc. You begin to say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I don't know whom you want me to marry and where you want me to live and things like that. But, you know, um, a desire for his will, a desire for God's best moves things in your direction. Praise God. And moves things in the direction of that church and so on. Hallelujah. So verse 8, back in um, Acts 19 and verse 8, And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months. Ooh, that's a long time. Three months is a very long time in Paul's kind of record, especially three months in a synagogue. Hallelujah. And then eventually, of course, the alarm sounds and disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. The alarm now starts, verse 9, but when divers or various people were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way. Notice the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So notice that uh, in the beginning of the church days, the church was called the way. That way, before the multitude, he departed from them, separated the disciples. Notice, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. So, a place called the school of Tyrannus was available for him to separate the disciples there and then continue to uh, more effectively minister to the disciples, to build them up. Praise God. Thank God for the school of Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia, notice that, it's not mincing words, all they which dwelt in Asia, heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. 
Wow, that's plenty. Jews and Greeks. And verse 11, God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So you can see that because of that extended period of building up disciples and ministering there, special miracles began to happen. The Bible says aprons and handkerchiefs taken from Paul's body when laid on the sick caused the diseases to depart and the spirits also left them. Notice there that evil spirits and diseases. So sometimes um, evil spirits are connected to a disease. That is a disease that does not respond to medical science. Most of the time will involve a demon. Of course, the devil is behind all of these things, every curse. But, um, you know, there are sicknesses that, that do not have a direct involvement of a devil. But in some cases, there's a devil there. And that's why there's no response to treatment. But here, the handkerchiefs which carried the anointing uh, caused the devil to leave and the disease also to leave. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, okay? Maybe you are familiar with the word exorcist. Actually, um, that is not a very Christian word, uh, meaning that it does not originate in usage of the things of God to exorcise or bring out demons. Okay, so the word exorcism is not referring to biblical methods. Exorcism and exorcists refer to the usage of incantations and some other principles and in quote magic also. So here it says certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, Vagabond doesn't mean just a beggar, but vagabond means to be moving around. You know, you could say they, they were like a traveling show where you see outside some towns in India, there will be a tent and there will be a guy who says, drink this, you'll be cured, do that, you'll be cured, those kind of things. So they went around um, causing a sensation that, um, in quote, devils were leaving people and it was very spectacular, and uh, so people kept coming there to see, you know, because it was quite interesting to see that. Uh, and notice, let's read it up. Exorcists took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you, that word adjure again is part of that word exorcist there, uh, adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. By Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And he continues to say in verse 14, There were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. Interesting. Notice that information there. One Sceva, a Jew, a chief of the priests, which did so. So, um, interesting that he was a priest. And um, there is some history there that says he was part of the Sanhedrin, which means a, a group of priests who took upon themselves uh, the ability to judge others and maintain law and all that. So he was a senior guy, and these are his sons. Okay, And he is a bit familiar because he was um, also part of this exorcist thing or exorcism, or 
or driving out devils. And so his name became kind of important. That's why the, the name is mentioned, Skiva there, seven sons. And so as you notice verse 15, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? Okay, so we uh, have a few thoughts there. Let's take a jump. We're talking about the church is on the earth. The church has not yet left. We love the truth. Our desires will be right. Our desires will be for him. And until we leave, we must enforce the dominion and the place of the church. God is building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. So in the bringing forth of the truth and the reality of God to Ephesus, this is the challenge that they run into. Amen? Some kind of evil spirit thing begins to manifest. So Skiva comes up, the name of Skiva and seven sons. So let's go down the path a little bit and let's see Luke, the 11th chapter, and observe Jesus there. And just use some common sense and, and see what you can gather. Luke 11, he talks about, is there any father who will not give bread to his children and give good things to the children and all of that? Verse 10 says, everyone that asketh, receiveth. You know, if you're a son, verse 11, you ask for bread, will your father give you a stone and so on. Verse 13, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So he's preparing the reception of the Holy Spirit there, the whole desire to approach the Father better than any natural father, and you will receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 14, and he was casting out a devil. So that just seems to flow right in there. And it was dumb. And it came to pass, when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. But, notice that, some of them said, he casted out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. Hmm, notice that. So this is where they accuse Jesus of being in league with um, Beelzebub, the chief or the prince of all the devils. And, you know, you will notice in John also in the 8th chapter, they say, did we not say you have a devil? You are a Samaritan. Now we know that you have a devil. All of that stuff. Can you imagine telling Jesus that he has a devil and that, you know, he's of the devil and all of that? <laughs> Praise God. But so they are familiar with something around this area. Notice that he casts out devils through Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. Praise God. Verse 16, others said this and that. Verse 17, but he knowing their thoughts said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against a house falleth. And if Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub, and if I, notice, by Beelzebub, cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. But if I, with the finger of God, verse 20 continues, 
cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come unto you. Hmm. Praise God. So you can see he's talking to a group of people that he is saying, by whom do your sons cast them out? In other words, like Sceva and his sons. Are you getting this? So it is a very real possibility, therefore, that um, they have met Jesus. See? So Sceva may have met Jesus, just like the uh, guy who was impotent in his feet earlier on, you know, laid at the gate called Beautiful. Uh, through the life and ministry of Jesus, he was there, but he didn't get healed. When Peter and John came there and said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, you know, and they gave him his healing in the name of Jesus and he received it. Notice, that man had been there, being brought there every day from, you know, ages. So like that, these people are familiar with Jesus. This Siva guy or Skiva or whatever, you know, his name is pronounced properly as, is very familiar with the whole Jesus context. And, and therefore, Jesus had said, your sons are doing these things. <laughs> your sons are the ones that are using Beelzebub's power to cast out, in quote, devils. But I'm doing it by the finger of God or the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Notice that it was the, the heavens are the handiwork. Amen. And uh, the mighty resurrection power is the whole arm of God. Amen. So devils are cast out with the finger. Hallelujah. So Jesus said there in Mark 16, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons or devils. Hallelujah. So the first thing that you are supposed to be able to deal with in the name of Jesus is that devils have to be out or under your feet or under your authority because you're a believer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's go back to our previous um, verse in Acts 19 now and pick up the thread. We may read uh, a few of these verses, so be okay. It's Bible study. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Verse 13 is certain... Then certain of the vagabond Jews. Okay, Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. In other words, they uh, had been familiar with using certain, in quote, mantras or certain kind of sayings and principles and uh, verbiages and, you know, ceremonies and etc., etc., in order for demons to respond. Are you seeing that? But here they, they notice that, wow, this is happening. This man called Paul, he uses the name of Jesus, and um, hey, people are getting delivered. You know, demons are leaving. People are getting healed, and it looks great. It looks real. So let's just add this to our, our you know, um, daily ministration also. Let's just throw in the name of Jesus that Paul uses, you know. And in those days, if you remember, there, when you read along the Bible, you'll notice there's a certain name called Justice or Jesus, even Bar-Jesus. So the name Jesus was a name that was available. So um, 
you know, it's very interesting. <laughs> we may feel a bit funny to just say my name is Jesus, but there are people whose names are Jesus, actually. You know, and um, so the devil knows which name you're talking about. The real owner of that name and the name itself. <laughs> so he said, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preached. So he said, we've seen Paul using that name, so let's just use that name. And since Paul uses it, let's connect that to Paul. See, we don't have a direct connection, but Paul uses that name. So the name that Paul uses, see, so they, they are aware of these realities here that there is a perception, there is a listening, there is a hearing ability in the spirit realm and that they are listening and they know names and they know the authority in names. Verse 14, And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, chief of the priests, which did so. Notice chief. So he's high up there and these are his sons. Verse 15, And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? Very interesting thought. So we have said earlier that the devil does not even know those who serve him, even though they serve him deeply. Can you imagine going to hell and then saying, I'm your servant, I served you well, and you say, I don't even know you. <laughs> that would be interesting. On the other hand, there's the um, you know, scriptural verse there in Matthew 7, which is about verse 22. Let's read that also. Why are we looking at all of this? Because, you know, we must be available to yield to God in these last days when the name has to be used. Amen? Matthew 7, verse 22, it says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Hallelujah. So the next verse talks about whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them will I liken to a wise man. So this goes beyond just throwing in the name there uh, and not really actually being saved, not really having acted on God's word for salvation. So you must be a believer, and these signs that follow, follow the believer. Praise God. Notice there in John 10 also, it says there, verse 4, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Talking about the shepherd. If you notice there, he says in verse 1, Verily I say unto you, He that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he that enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Praise God. So there's a relationship when you pass through the door, Jesus of Nazareth, you call upon his name for salvation, you are known of him and he knows you, and you can use his name as a believer just like that. Praise God. Back in Acts now, we're supposed to be comforted, strengthened, 
to do every good word and deed also. Praise God. And accomplish what we are here for before the great day when we see him face to face. So keep these thoughts and expect it to happen. Verse 15, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Praise God. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overcame them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. So in other words, they were in a house. They were in a room which had a door. And before they could reach that door, this evil spirit or the man with the evil spirits in him was able to overcome and rip their clothes off and get them wounded. That, that much power was available, you know, from the devil. So that, that's quite remarkable. Before you reach the door, you know, you cannot say what's going to happen. Hallelujah. <laughs> and this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also, dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. The name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Notice that the name of the Lord will be lifted up even higher the more you run into these kind of situations which seem to come against your work. When you stand there boldly and just keep doing what you're supposed to do, the name of the Lord will eventually triumph over everything. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So um, think about that. Verse 18, many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Now, there is also a chance here that these are believers also. Believers also who are not exactly uh, sticking with the truth, were dabbling into this and that. They came and confessed and showed their deeds. Are you seeing that? Many of them also which used curious arts, brought their books together, burned them before all men, counted the price of them, and found 50,000 pieces of silver. So it is likely also that um, because they were not continuing with God and continuing in the things of God, they had to find options. And maybe they started visiting these medicine men and these uh, miracle healer types, traveling shows, you know, for some help, and began to dabble into curious uh, arts, curious works. And these books were before the days of printing, notice. So it had been handed down from one person to the other, handwritten. So it took a lot of effort and it became very pricey. And they burnt them all up because God's power showed up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. So uh, we must be able to maintain the name, the word, the authority in these last days. No matter what demonic stuff is out there, the name of Jesus has not changed and the church has all the authority to enforce the authority and the dominion and the glory of God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So be strengthened, be consoled, be encouraged, be stable that you have the mighty name of Jesus and the word of God. Hallelujah. And you don't have to be moved, you know, praise God. Rather, use the name. 
a very interesting story or two. I heard the story of a, these are real things that have actually happened, uh, that happened in a place called Philippines. Dr. Lester Summerall used to minister there a lot, if you've heard of him. He's a man who's been on the earth earlier. He's gone to be with Jesus. But he, he used the name of Jesus and saw a lot of results in the area of uh, casting out demons. And one particular case, this boy, little young fellow, um, he actually began to see things at a young age. And uh, he used to see the image of a very pretty girl. And that girl would call him. And uh, next thing you know, he would disappear. This boy would disappear. And, you know, he started going like that and disappearing and becoming quite um, rebellious in school. And his teachers and his parents and everybody began to notice he's a strange fellow, very disobedient, always fighting. But this was the problem. He uh, was getting exposed to the devil through this, you know, apparition of this lovely girl. And um, he would just disappear. The devil can make you disappear. <laughs> you know, in Africa, you see things like this. And in the beginning, we grew up in Africa. We used to wonder, is this for real? <laughs> I mean, you would hear some wild stories and hear some wild experiences of, you know, amazing stuff that happened. But um, it's true. The devil has power, which is gotten from the failure and the place that Adam had. But Jesus came and defeated all of his power by the resurrection and gave us everything that he has, the name of Jesus, and turned the power and authority over to the name and gave us the name to use the name on the earth. Hallelujah. So these things don't have to baffle you, even though you may be shocked because... Sometimes it's when you see these things that you realize, you know, uh, your senses actually realize that it is real. In your spirit and in your uh, renewed thinking, you know that it's true. But, you know, but your senses usually tell you, ah, it's not, ah you don't believe it, ah, these things are not true. So sometimes when you see these things, then you realize your senses actually have to see it. So this boy would disappear, and he grew up like that, and he became, uh, you know, an older person. And then um, uh, Brother Lester Sumrall was told about it, and he had ministry in Philippines, and he met the boy and prayed for him, and, you know, the boy was delivered. Ha, ha, ha. And it seems that when he went to church, um, he saw that creature out there, Praise God. And suddenly the creature turned into a monster. Just very ugly because he had now accepted Jesus. But without being saved, it was just a beautiful creature. But once you get saved, that same creature is actually a demon and a horrendous monster. Isn't that interesting? So, you know, it's, this story is actually available on the net. It's there. Interesting, right? So, hallelujah. The power of the enemy is real, and he does things, and, and stuff like that. So, this is another one again, another place again in Philippines. And here there was a, a place on a hill, 
And way up there, there was a town, and uh, that town was controlled by a certain witch. And one of the inhabitants, a young man, decided to run away from there and come downhill. At the bottom of the hill, there was a Bible school, and um, there was a preacher there. And this boy actually accepted Jesus, went to the school, and then decided to go back there. He felt the will of God was to go back to that village and, you know, use the name of Jesus and dominate. So he went back there, and it seems that when he went up there again, it was at night, he saw this lady on top of the roof standing there like that. I mean, just, and the minute he came in, she just levitated down and said, who are you? You know, and he just, (laughs) he said, I come against you in the name of Jesus. And she said, what did you say? I come against you in the name of Jesus. Pow, she fell down. And started flailing. People came out at night and saw her on the floor flailing and thrashing. Eventually she got delivered from the devil, praise God, and became a believer. (laughs) So some of these things you see of people flying and all of that in movies, man, it happens. All these things are possible. Remember he said to Jesus, you know, he took him up there to the very pinnacle of the temple and he, he told him to jump and all of these things. That the devil has these abilities, but in the name of Jesus. Notice, the interesting thing about that last story was the boy, he said he was scared. He was like, what? You know, he could feel the heckles rising up, but he just said, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And then she said, what did you say? I come to you in the name of Jesus. Even though he felt the fear, he simply said it in Jesus' name and pow. See? So they make be all kinds of uh, feelings and emotions, but the power is in the name coming out of your lips as a believer. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ha, 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 ha. So my brother, my sister, I want to encourage you, strengthen you, comfort you with uh, the comfort of God that you may be living in a very evil time with all kinds of demonic stuff out there that seems to be rising, but I'm telling you, In spite of all your feelings, the name of Jesus has never lost his power. (laughs) And you're a believer. And you should just go ahead with your work, with every good work and word. Just go unhindered. Use the mighty name of Jesus. It's all in the name. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Wonderful Jesus. Don't you just love him? Don't you just love him? Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So my brother, my sister, let the name of Jesus be at your lips. Use that name. Use the authority in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, notice, back in Acts, we are 19, and then verse 19. Many of them which used curious arts brought their books together, burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. All right. Next verse says, So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Hallelujah. Notice, up till the 19th verse, you see people getting filled with the Holy Spirit And you see demonstrations, you see the name of Jesus, you see demonic activity. 
after all of that, the word now begins to grow forth. What does that mean? So, after you've seen the initial thrust of the spirit realm, the name of Jesus, the works that come, the miracles, the signs, what happens after that is that believers now have to be strengthened in the Word of God. The Word has to grow up in their lives and the Word has to go forth. So after all of these things, the initial entry, what you have to handle next is the Word. You have to grow in the Word and be stabilized in the Word and that's where churches come. Praise God. So the result of this is that churches now began to break forth. Hallelujah. So someone comes, another one joins him, another team comes, and all of that happens so that what the result is, disciples come, churches are strengthened, the word grows, the word prevails, the word dominates, the word spreads all over the place. Hallelujah. That's where we're supposed to be headed. So don't quit now. Don't stop now. Be empowered, emboldened to just go forward, you know, consoled, strengthened to go forward for that every word and work you're supposed to do. Amen? Hallelujah. It doesn't matter. These are the very last of the last days. There's all kinds of weird stuff going on out there. That's not your problem. Hallelujah. You have the mighty name of Jesus. And you may feel all kinds of stuff, but it doesn't matter. Open up your mouth. Use the name. Let the word of God go out of your lips, and you will see the results. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, we continue. Uh, The word of God grew and prevailed prevailed. It dominated. It ruled. It just spread all over the place. 21. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the Spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. So he's on his uh, agenda there, 22. So he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him. So these people followed him and actually worked very closely with him, Timotheus and Erastus. Are you seeing that? But he himself stayed in Asia for a season. So people get built up, people get strengthened, and then they in turn now become the leaders. Hallelujah. Are you seeing that? So notice... I believe you're on schedule. I believe you're in the calendar of God because you are doing these things. You are opening your heart to these things because your desires are in line with these things. And God's going to use you. Hallelujah. As you continue in that pattern, which is purely scriptural, using the name, strengthened in the word, the word rising up beyond your feelings, beyond your emotions, prevailing over everything, you become the next person to be used. Hallelujah. So Timotheus, Erastus, then 23, and the same time there arose no small stir about that way. So now trouble starts to happen, you know, about the same way. Because the devil came out and um, there's this Demetrius guy who's a silversmith and he gets the whole... Uh, silver industry to come out and go striking against what Paul has done because people are now beginning to change their thinking. You see, before they had these uh, wandering showmen who would come and use the name. Notice, one thing I, I want you to notice, that woman there, 
Very interesting. She used to have people come from all over the, all over the world, charging them all kinds of monies, and um, that was the lady in the Philippines. And she would put her hand into them and pull out diseases, you know, tumors and things. <laughs> Actually happened. The only thing is that there was a combined job going on among the devils. So it was not Jesus, it was not God. So they would just swap. Devils would swap. So these people would be okay for six months, and then they'll have to come back, and they'll be charged again. So they just did not have something permanent. They did not know how to deal with it for themselves. They were totally dependent on this lady, and they seemed to have relief for little periods of time. Amen? But she would put her hand into them and pull things out. The power of the devil can do all those kind of things. Don't be scared. All right? But the name of Jesus <laughs> floored her. I mean, she was right there, writhing and wriggling on the floor. And those powers left her after that. Hallelujah. Amen? So 24 says, Certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain onto the craftsmen. You see, it comes down to money as usual. That's where we are different. We're not forcing anybody to give. We are acting on the Word of God. We are simply teaching the Word. What the Word says, people decide and desire and do. Are you getting it? Hallelujah. So there finances were beginning to go down because now people were thinking of serving an invisible God which was more powerful than all of these things they had ever seen before. And so they lost interest in all of these shrines and all of these little things they were making. And so the money of the industry of uh, you know, silver shrines and uh, little idol things just went down. And these people started creating a commotion and there was... Uh, a loss. He says, whom he had called together with the workmen in verse 25 of like occupation and said, Sirs, you know, by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, you see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away much people, saying that there be no gods which are made with hands. <laughs> You cannot make any God with hands. The God of heaven is not made with hands. He makes everyone. He makes everything. He, he owns everything. Verse 27. Notice this was written 2,000 years ago almost. So that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence. You know, yesterday, Brother Anup was talking about how magnificent the temple and the things of God were in Solomon's time. Amen. So they had their own magnificence here and there. You know, just borrowed ideas from here and there. But today, the name of Jesus and the work he is doing is magnificent. All the magnificence and the glory is in his name, his word, his work, what he's doing. He's building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. He says, all her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. So it was kind of famous back then because alongside with these temples, 
there was a lot of prostitution taking place there, and uh, you would have everything in one place. So it was like a big um, house of pleasure slash worship. 28. When, these, when they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And the whole city was filled with confusion, having caught Gaius and Aristarchus. If you notice the name of Gaius, he's all over the scripture also. He's a great guy, and he followed along. You will see him in Romans and in Acts and so on. Um, nice believer, solid guy, but you know he has to face some brunt here because he has some um, Ephesian kind of um, herit- heritage. Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, notice, Paul's companions in travel, they rushed with one accord into the theater, and when Paul would have entered in unto the people, the disciples suffered him not. Paul was so courageous and not bothered, but, you know, in an atmosphere like that, it's very dangerous. Thank God he didn't go there. They would have just ripped him to pieces. They're just thinking of killing Paul. You see, Paul is the problem. Hallelujah. That's the only thing about this message. It makes you sort of become an enemy of the devil and an enemy of certain type of people. But God is bigger than all of that. And if you are fearless and listening to him, he'll keep you. Praise God. You will finish your work. Whatever good word and work has been committed to you, it will be accomplished. You don't have to worry about it. Not even a hair of your head shall perish. Hallelujah. And Paul had a spectacular calling for much trouble also. Praise God. Now notice, 31. And certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, so there were people who were big people in Asia who also were touched by Paul's ministry, they sent unto him, desiring him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. So thank God he listened. He didn't go there. And then the... Alexander, out of the multitude of the Jews, he was brought there. He would have made defense unto the people. They shouted for two hours, verse 34 says. Can you imagine shouting for two hours and not really knowing what you're shouting about? That's fervent. That's serious fervency because they don't really understand what's going on, but the man was able to poke into their emotions concerning, you know, Diana, the temple, and even the nation stirred up all of that, and they shouted for two hours, Great is Diana, great is Diana of the Ephesians. Hmm. 35, when the town clerk had appeased the people, now they understand his language, you men of Ephesus, he says, everybody understands, Diana is great and all of that stuff, but let's go by the law. What proof do you have that Paul has done this? What proof do you have that Paul has done that? And of course, they had no proof. (laughs) And that was that. Amen? The Bible says they all uh, dismissed. Now, chapter 20 begins. I told you we may read a little bit. Go on, you know, read these things. While you have a little spare time, put your nose in the Bible. Read as much as you can. It'll bless you. 20 says, After the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him his disciples, embraced them, and departed for to go to Macedonia. So he has now left that place, and 
the Bible says he came to Greece, and in verse 3, he stayed in Greece for three months. That's nice, 90 days. Greece is a nice place. And as you begin to notice here, praise God, <laughs> you will observe something as you keep reading. Praise God. Let's keep going down. Many lights. This guy called uh, Eutychus falls uh, from the window. You know, too much work or something. He just, you know, falls down and he actually dies. And, you know, he, Paul goes and raises him up from the dead and brings him back and continues preaching till the next day. Hallelujah. Awesome. Paul is undeterred. You see, he's just going forward, and that should be our attitude. Each day, one day at a time, don't be bothered. Just keep doing what you're supposed to do. Continue in the good word, good work, whatever has been committed to you. Don't quit. Just keep going. So they go off to Chios and Samos and Troglion and Miletus. Verse 16, Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because... He would not spend the time in Asia, for he hasted, if it were possible, for him to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. So he, he's got this desire for Jerusalem and all of that. Verse 17, And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. So after all that, who are the main people that he has to deal with? The elders of the churches that he was involved in. Praise God. After you have done certain things, people like Paul have done certain things, the rest of the responsibility is with the church elders. Amen? So he has to keep going his way. And now the churches that he began from that move there, which originated in thirst and hunger for more, moved them to now have elders and then churches. Are you seeing it? So my brother, my sister, if you are in the church today, your responsibility is to receive these truths, build your life on them, and build others up too. And then God is going to be able to spread His Word, and that Word will grow mightily, dominate, prevail. Hallelujah. So notice He called the elders. And, you know, we have shared verses here and there. But as you keep reading, notice there, he says, verse 24, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. That's a powerful, powerful ingredient where you are not worried about your life. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Don't forget that. For a believer to die is a gain for the believer. But for others, it's a loss. Hallelujah. For the believer to live is another opportunity for Christ to be manifested. So you are an opportunity on the earth for Christ to manifest. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, I don't worry about my life. I must finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. The grace of God is the message for the church, for this age. Hallelujah. It's not by anything we have done, but what Jesus has paid for. We are believers and we are receivers. Amen. That's the primary message that has to be taught. That is what you have to believe. That's what you have to trust God for. 
It's not in performances. It's not in how great and how good you are. It's in what Jesus has done. Hallelujah. So you just take the place that Jesus gave you, fill your heart with things that Jesus said about you in Christ, how God sees you in Christ, and you receive. Hallelujah. Amen. 25, he says, Behold, I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. He thought they wouldn't see him again. It was a farewell message. 26, wherefore I take you record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. Because he didn't hold back, because he shared the whole counsel of God, he was pure. He was clean from the blood of others. Their responsibility, their life hanging on him was over. Praise God. He had paid and done what he was supposed to do by teaching, by sharing, by preaching, by committing the whole counsel of the word of God to the disciples. I have not shunned to declare unto you. 28, take heed therefore unto yourselves, to the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the flock of God which he has purchased with his own blood. Then he talks about how grievous wolves would enter in. Then 30, he says, of your own selves men speak perverse things. That will be there. You just need to be rooted and grounded in the truth so you can tell the difference. 31, observe. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Hallelujah. So if you read the beginning of 19, there's three months and two years. Praise God. And I was reading it and I was praying about it and I just remembered while you are reading these things, it's interesting. The Holy Ghost can bear witness. I just began to hear three years. Ha, da, da, da. I was with you three years. Three years. So I read the whole thing. And lo and behold, in the 31st verse, he says it. He says, by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone. Who? The guys from Ephesus. So his work in Ephesus was three years. Two years solid with Tyrannus, three months in the synagogue, and then other days are there, making a total of three years. So their desire, their heart, their interest in the things of God made God actually keep this man who would like to have moved on, who would have liked to do this, that, and the other for three years at one place. That's a lot, you know. Three years is a long time. Hallelujah. I don't know if we have three years before Jesus comes. Amen. But notice, this verse that we have read, all of these things we have read just now, are to comfort, strengthen, stabilize, equip us to continue using the name of Jesus, continue teaching, continue preaching, continue making disciples till you see Jesus face to face. Don't be deterred. Paul is gone uh, Epaphroditus is gone, Timothy is gone, Gaius is gone, all of these great guys are gone. Guess who's here? You and me. <laughs> God thought it fit to have you and me down here now. My, my, my. What a, what a responsibility. God counted us faithful, putting us into this work right now. So you have to see, you and I have to see ourselves the way God sees us. Amen? 
So if any time you get these random thoughts, you know, bombarding your head, what are you really doing? You should notice you have the answer. The answer is the word of the Lord has to grow and develop and prevail and spread mightily across the earth. That's what I'm doing. I'm part of the spreading of that word that dominates, that triumphantly dominates over every other thing. And in the name of Jesus, nothing can stop me. No demon can stop me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you getting this? Praise God. Let's, let's go down a little bit. Uh, we still have a couple of minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Just be reading your Bible. You will be shocked what will come out of it. Praise God. And anytime you run out of stuff, you know, you have some questions, check Dr. Google. He may have your answer. Praise God. But if he doesn't have the answer, just keep praying and studying. God will supply. He meets the desires of the heart. Amen. Let's go off to Romans, the 8th chapter. Dr. Google, I don't know whether, you know, who's funding Dr. Google, but now and then, when you open up Dr. Google, they'll ask you for an offering. I don't know who's behind all that. <laughs> but be careful with all these things. <laughs> all right. Praise God. Let's go off to the last part of chapter 8. Hmm. Verse 34, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Praise God. Notice here, nobody's condemning you except the devil and your own unrenewed thinking. Are you getting that? Jesus is not condemning you. Jesus is not in any form standing against you unless you decide to refuse the word and refuse the will and begin to be raised up in pride, God resists the pride. He, he resists the proud. You know, God is a God like that. But if you stay humble and you are ready to say, forgive me, Lord, you're back. You are ready to go forward. He's not against you. He's on your side. Amen? Notice, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Thank you, Jesus. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Thank you, Jesus. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Notice there, 37 begins, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, because of my Middle Eastern uh, culture, which I received after studying and becoming a believer, I sometimes read from the back up. <laughs> so from 38, we go to 37, and then you keep reading upwards. You will notice here, what shall we say to these things in verse 31? 
What shall we then say to these things? And the word for say is actually say. <laughs> Praise God. So you may have to say as you're standing here in these last days with famine, with pestilence, persecution, blah, 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 whatever is out there. Say, God is on my side. God is for me. Everything that I need is coming freely. My God supplies all my needs. His love is too great for me. I'm saying it in Jesus' name. I will not stop saying it. The word will dominate. The word will prevail. The word will grow. The word will increase. Until I see Jesus face to face, I will have these things come to pass. My desire has not changed. Amen? You have to open up your mouth and say some things against all of this. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? No other thing can stop you. Hallelujah. Amen. So my brother, my sister, be encouraged, be emboldened, be strengthened, be comforted. Receive these truths. Let the Spirit of God and the Word of God strengthen you, comfort you with everlasting comfort as you wait for the Lord so that you can do every good work, every good word, whatever you're supposed to, go do it in Jesus' name. Move in that direction. Use the authority. Use the name of Jesus. No demon can stop you. Hallelujah. God has counted you faithful. He has put you on the earth for this time. You're not here by mistake. Receive the grace of God. Enjoy the benefits of this great king. And let's go forward till we see Jesus face to face. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Shall we worship him? Shall we bless his holy name? The God who hears our desires. Whatsoever thing you desire. When you pray, believe you receive and you shall have. Delight yourself therefore in the Lord. He shall give you the desires of your heart. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for desires that are based in heaven. Desires that came from the throne. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. From your throne, our Father. Oh, we worship you. We have no other agenda. We have no other plan. We want to do that good word, that good work. We want to do as it is in heaven. We want your will on the earth. You are welcome. You are welcome to our lives. You are welcome to our gathering. You are welcome to our assembling of the saints. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Shapra Balma, Rapa Zuko Toko Rende. In the name of Jesus, I curse lying symptoms. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every demonic thing that's arrayed against the people. In the name of Jesus, I curse disease. I curse poverty. I rebuke famine. I rebuke pestilence. I rebuke lack. In the name of Jesus, I uproot your works in the name of Jesus. Trample you under our feet in Jesus' name. Dust and ashes under our feet. We bless you, Abba Father. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 
Oh, hallelujah. Whatever is in this world, whatever is in the earth, it has to produce for us. We command the earth to obey in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name, there is no power. There is nothing in all creation that can separate us from the love of our Father God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. We receive your benefits right now. We receive your benefits right now as churches, as a family, as individuals. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you praise. We give you thanks. Ha, 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 ha. Glory, 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 glory. Faithful God, you're watching over your word. You'll do what you said. We give you thanks for testimony. We give you thanks, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Your word is going out there. The work is going on. Oh, till we see you face to face, we yield to you. We receive. We thank you for demonic strongholds broken off lives. Today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. If you'd like to give, now is a great chance. Those of us who are giving online, tithing, giving gifts, let's use this as a point of contact. Father, in Jesus' name, here mortal men receive. There he that lives forever receives. May your people receive from you, O Lord, right now. May the earth yield for them. May they have more than enough for every good work. The desires of their heart be received in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's thank Him, praise Him, honor Him. Continue going forward. God loves you more than you can imagine. You are blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you, team. Thank you so much.